You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 57, sponsored by Comichole.com. Well, hey, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 57. I'm Ron, and I'm here with Connor. Hello. And Josh. You certainly are here with me. And we are recovering from a lovely Thanksgiving holiday. You realize that the significance of this is that we did this last year. Like, I remember we did our Thanksgiving episode last year, which means this is the first sort of repeat thing that we've done. Yes. And that we were really <laughs> tired and... and, and uh, Food, there was a food hangover. Ron had like 14 pounds of risotto. and Yeah. So the other thing that we've done here on this podcast before is talk about comics. <laughs> and oh, we right, do that right. every week where we read um, all the comics that come out every week. And um, we got the, the best one that came out that week. And then we talk about it here on the podcast. So um, before we dive right in um, and get out of our turkey comas, um, just quick warning. You know, We're going to talk about the stuff that happened in this week's books. So if you haven't read your comics yet because of the holidays or whatnot, I hold off on listening to this here podcast until we're done. So uh, this week Connor was um, armed with the pick. And um, looks like he it was, it was quite a difficult decision. As a dog yeah, I don't know about you guys, but... Uh... <laughs> I was mightily disappointed on the whole with my stack of books this week. Um, there were a lot of comics I was really looking forward to, and a lot of a lot of them just let me down for certain reasons. Um, each one had its own reasons, but like Daredevil and Action Comics and Amazing Spider-Man and Wolverine and and um, Wonder Woman. I was looking forward to all these books, and all of them had some reason why I didn't really like them. So as I was getting through my comics, I was getting really disheartened because I knew I had to pick one. And you know it's how hard it is to do when you don't really love one book in stack. So I like the idea of your comics disappointing you. Like, uh, you know, they like do. There's, there's just, a, there's just a pick you up at three, but they didn't get there till four thirty. <laughs> and like you're kind of looking at them, and you go, you know, I'm not, I'm not upset with you guys. I'm not mad I'm just, at you. I'm just disappointed. I'm disappointed, and then they all kind of sigh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Next time I'll do better. Um, but the X Factor number thirteen really stood out. Um, as the best one. I, I noted in my review that the thing that bothered me most about X-Factor was the fact that I didn't like the way the guy drew noses. and uh, <laughs> Which is not a nitpick at all. No, not not really. <laughs> uh, it just bothered me. I, don't, I didn't like the way he did them. I mean, every time, you know, there's a lot of noses in comic books. So, so was there was it every nose, or was it a particular nose, or was it just noses well, like in general? Guido's nose and Layla Miller's nose and... It's it's funny because I'm flipping through it right now and I, I, don't, I can't see anything about the nose on any of these that would... I'd even notice. They're bad. Look at the fourth panel. I'm not even going to go into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's just stupid. Are you, are you willing to concede at least somewhat that it's... What's the word I'm looking for? I said on the, in, the art, in the review it's not rational. Okay, it's irrational. If, as long Absolutely. As, no, I said so. I mean, for some reason. About, the thing about you know reading comics is everyone's got their own irrationality attached to it. And mine it, is I don't like this guy's noses. Uh, all right. I'll show this to you in person. I don't want to subject the, re- the listeners to this nonsense. <laughs> but um, overall, overall, though, if you look beyond the noses, I think X-Factor X- 13 is an excellent comic. And I think overall, I've mentioned this also, X-Factor is probably the sleeper book of the year for me. I mean, I did not expect this book. I didn't even expect to buy this book. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. But every month it comes out, it's really, really good book. Yeah. And 
Uh, I think, astonishing X-Men aside, I think this is probably my favorite X-Book, um, or the best X-Book on the line. But, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how Ron feels about that, but... Oh no! I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's I mean, it's definitely up there with astonishing and uncanny, and it's, it's like a must. It's definitely it's a must read. I mean, it was the first book I read this week, so um, even before you know Amazing Spider-Man or Daredevil, which is says a lot. Um, and I, I mean, I think it's really interesting that you, as a non X Men or even X Factor reader, enjoyed it when this this issue was the direct reference to David's run back in the early nineties. Well, I, I, I bought know. that whole run in the nineties. Oh right! Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, no, but I mean, I enjoyed it, was, it and I have I didn't even know that. Yeah, no, I mean, it was great, the integration of Doc Sampson and the therapy sessions. And... That is who that was, right? Yes. That's yeah. my next question. Yeah, Doc Sampson, yeah. The only green-haired, um, long, the green, long-haired it, psychiatrist in the It's funny, movie. because, like, he was supposed to be a... I guess it was they weren't shown in the whole time, but he was on the cover. Yeah. Well, that was the variant cover. Oh. That was the only one I've seen, yeah. though. Oh, you know, no, my, the store I... The, um, the, uh, the store I bought my books at had equal... It was weird. It was like every other one was variant, normal, variant, normal, oh. variant, oh. normal. Yeah, so... Um, and but I actually bought... No, bought ahead, the, I bought the variant. I don't know why, though. I'm regretting buying the variant. I wish I bought the regular. Why? I thought there was a choice. I don't know. I just didn't think it was that great of a cover. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, ooh, Casada. I mean, which is which is kind of good that you know, I guess that Casada did the cover because that actually shows some sort of acknowledgement on Marvel editorial that this is one of their best books <laughs> by giving it a variant and having Casada do the cover and all that. Um, but I don't know. But it was. I mean, it, it, I agree with you, Connor. I mean, this was the best book of, of, of my stack. I just loved that it. it was awesome. It this was issue takes place. If you haven't read it, it's 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 almost entirely therapy session between Doc Sampson, who is the resident Marvel psychiatrist, and the entire each of each individual member of X Factor. They all sit down on the couch and they talk about, you know, what they're feeling, feeling all the these uh, the issues they've been going through the last year between each other and the future and all their fears. But you almost th- you, you you almost don't realize that like in twelve issues, this this team has been through a ton. They yeah. have, and, and I was really thinking about it as I was writing the review that I, when I think about the book, I think about mostly the scenes that take place between them in the offices, in their apartment. You know, there's not a lot of action in this book, and I think that's what's really great about it is you don't need the action between these characters because they're such great characters and they interact so well that if you really think about on the whole, I think there's been way more just talking than there has been, you know, big action scenes. Oh, totally, totally. I, I was going to say to back that up. I suppose the the thing that keeps striking me about this book is that if you if you look at if you your favorite thing about a story is characterization, there's nothing. There's like he knows these characters all the way through. They're these they're these three dimensional, well rounded characters. Over you know like just that he just they're consistent and they're 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 just great different characterizations and they all work together and just the, the amount to which David knows these these people. And, and portrays them in not a lot of space is, is really impressive. There was a bit of a another weird sort of quasi-sexualization of Layla Miller again in this issue, which yeah. kind of kind of put me off only because it happened in the previous <laughs> issue. Yeah. Which, which <laughs> makes, makes you slightly uncomfortable when you're reading the book. A little creepy. But I, I really, I mean, again, you know, like, we've, we've, we've questioned and theorized, you know, um, Peter David's, not fascination, but just characterization of Madrox and his interest in it. And I thought it was really, I think this was particularly interesting, at least in the connection between Madrox from 12 years ago or, you know, 10 years ago or whatever when he was writing X-Factor to the growth of the character and the idea of growing up and responsibility and all that kind of stuff, you know, where, you know, where he's saying he misses, you know, he misses making mayonnaise jars that don't open and things, you know, his kind of prankster nature of back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still, I, he's still kind of a dick, though. 
I, I don't see how he's kind of a dick. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know if I agree yeah. with that character. He, well, he's yeah. sleeping with two of the members of female members of the team. Well, I don't think that was his fault. I mean, he it, did that. It, yeah, it came about unintentionally, and now he's yes, not sure he, what to do about it. So instead of doing something, he's doing nothing, which I which guess is, could make is, him a dick. It's kind right. of dickish. I mean, I'm, well, saying, yeah. I'm saying he's kind of one. It's just you know, it was surprising, yeah. uh, but also enjoyable in that he's not just he's not a paragon of virtue. He's got flaws in his. Oh flaws, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, totally. And it's, and it's totally a flaw any of us could have. I mean, it's not like yeah. he's killing people. He's just he's surrounded by all these women. But the other the other great thing about this book is the Quicksilver lab coat, which I was going to say was a, a fantastic observation on your part. It really he's is. He's not just wearing it in the office. He's wearing yeah. it all the time, apparently. Which is <laughs> just awesome. <laughs> I mean, you think when you're in the working in the lab, you leave the lab, you take the coat off, you put it on a hook, and you, you no, he, walk he's, out on the 24, door. he's on he's on twenty four seven. He's on duty all the time. In case there's any lab work needed anywhere, he's ready to go. <laughs> For a second, I was look, I'm looking at it. Well, maybe it's like a, a stylish a white long jacket, but it's not. It's got those pockets <laughs> in that same place. And I love that in, in, like, he's decided to put the lab coat on, but over the regular uniform. Yes. Yeah. Well, in the first panel, it could just be he's wearing a collared shirt, and then you second panel, oh, no, it's Pull a lab back. coat. Oh, it's a lab coat, yeah. The, the, the one thing about this, and not about this issue, but about this book in general, is just I wish, I wish, I wish they would just get a regular artist. That's that's yeah. the only fa- major flaw over the course of the year. Yeah. However, I've been I think they've been really good at being consistent with people for the most part who similar the, art styles who yeah. fit the tone. They're not like yes, yeah. It's not like cartoony one one week and not another. Like these are all. Wasn't Ryan Sook the first artist? Yeah, um, he had stayed he, on the whole time. Well, he officially was, left for some reason. Yeah, right. Yeah, but some, I mean, if he, if he had somebody from the beginning, and he'd still be on it thirteen issues later, then that would have been a really fantastic run. Yeah. But yeah, no, but I, th- I think the, you're right though. With the look, they kept that. They kept the look going. And that's important. Because so. the consistency of the writing has been so strong, like I can almost for, I can almost forgive it in that sense. Like I don't feel like I'm getting jostled around. It's not like there's a new creative team every time. Because because the writing has been so strong and so consistent, it makes up for the, some of the inconsistency in the art. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. That. I don't know how well this book is selling, but hopefully it's selling well enough that we're not in any danger of it going away anytime soon. Because uh, this is the, this is one of the best things out this there. This would be one of those books that would, there would be petitions for, and we would sign them, and still it would go away. <laughs> <laughs> but Spider Girl would f- press on somehow in Volume Four. I don't know why. <laughs> do, you, do you guys find that? Um, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. Ronnie, Ron, Rain, Ron, Ron. Yeah, I think it's Ron. R A H I N E. Not just, not because that's my name, but I think it's Ron. I mean, do you I think always... she's so kind of feels superfluous to the to the other characters in a little bit. I don't know. I feel like she's not connected to them as much for some reason. She is the character you sort of forget that's on the team, right? I think that's what I mean. Uh, and she is kind of superfluous in that there's already a uh, UK. I mean, well, she's know. but but the thing is that she she's more X Factor than Sire. I, I still don't understand why M's on this team. Yeah. Like she, there's there's no history other love than triangle. other than well the love, love triangle and the and the vague banshee connection. I mean like X, X Factor was back in the day was Wolfsbane, Guido, Madrox, Havoc, and Polaris, you know, and and Richter and and M well, and teams, are, teams change and flux. Oh yeah, M. Do you mean Monet? Yeah, that's her code name. M. Code name's M. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't, know. See, the, I don't you know, know any history of this stuff. You add then, new people. That's that's how I mean. Right. Yeah, no. No. I the original yeah. X Factor was Cyclops, Jean Grey. Iceman and Angel, right? Exactly. Yeah, well, the original X Men. Um, but uh, but anyway. I do think I do think you're right that uh, she that Rain Ron Wolf chick is a little not I don't I don't think unnecessary because she, she does things, but it's 
you don't, you do forget. Oh yeah, there's this. Well, other I think her her piece doesn't fit in quite as well, so it's hard to see what her role is. I, I, the thing is, I think I think a lot of her. Yeah, I think you're right. Like her role hasn't been defined because I feel like in this in these past twelve issues, the only time she's been on is when she's been screaming at somebody in her wolf form. Right. Yeah. And they tell her to calm down, and then they moves on. Like everybody I mean? else like, has interpersonal relationships going on. They have all right. got triangles and, and things happening, and she's she's sort of to the side. So but it looks be, like it looks be, like they they've taken a major step though in the direction of her and whatever this future that she sees. You know. Yeah, it looks like she'll have. A role. The other th- thing about it is, I, I really like the way that she discusses how it feels to change. Yeah, like I thought that was really nice in characterizing how she feels, and you know, like she, yeah, when she was, becomes it, the wolf, she she loses a lot of that humanity, and it makes her easier to deal with things. Yeah, you lose all the doubt and the worry that comes with being a human, which is awesome. It's really cool. Yeah, story. Peter David. Is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's a brilliant sort of uh, writer. Peter David is yeah. knocking it out of the park with this book. That's, he is. That's the bottom line. This guy's yeah. got a future. <laughs> Another really good book this week was um, was Daredevil ninety one, which um, <laughs> was very close to being pick of the week. I was around when Connor finished it, and I I walked through the room, and and, and he, I just heard him go whoa, and I was like what? He goes Daredevil, and I was like is that good or bad? And he's like it's Brubaker. <laughs> the 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 ending to Daredevil ninety one really, you know, made me angry in, in a good way because there's a big reveal, but he doesn't reveal what the reveal is. The cliffhanger. Yes, which, you know, is great, but also frustrating. Uh, this, the only reason I think this book, I didn't pick this book was because it was really s- sort of a second act book. There wasn't a lot, you know, there wasn't a lot that really happened beyond... It was a great uh, fight. It was a fantastic fight. This guy, yeah. he can draw the fights. I think uh, one of the it, things most worrisome about Michael Lark was when he came on the book, you'd worry how he'd handle the superhero stuff, because he was always known for just the talking head you know, human stuff, but he's he's really, really good at fight scenes. That one that one page when Daredevil says it's my trap now and he kicks both of them in the face at the same time, that was awesome. That was I mean like the the fight the fight sequences and the choreography within the fight made it look you know, because the dark and kind of grim and gritty kind of, you know, approach to it, you know, the fight the fight looked, you know, like I could see it fluidly happening. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't it wasn't unrealistic, you know, no contortions or anything like that. So he draws he draws anatomy really, really well. Like when you see Matt up in the air, sort of like his, all everything's in the correct proportions, and like he doesn't look overly muscled or anything like that. Like it looks like fabric over muscle. The whole, all the pages of the fight were just awesome. The sledgehammer was great. I mean, it was just, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely good. And, and Connor, I shared your frustration at the on the last page because I wanted to know who it is. But yeah, that, exactly. I mean, it's good. Know. It's a good frustration. Just is a frustration. I think Daredevil suffers from the same problem that um, Queen and Country and Ex Machina and. Books like that powers suffer from is that we expect them to be this good every every month. So when it is uh, just good like it always is, it doesn't impress us as much. Maybe and vice versa. If it has a slight faltering, you're like you feel really let down. Right. So that's possibly why we don't talk about those books as much as we should because you know it's like uh, it's like having a great steak every day. After a while, it's just like yep, another great steak as opposed to having it once. You know what I mean? It's we're spoiled by the goodness. Yes, exactly. So this, this was very close to being. Uh, I think. I think next issue. Uh, I, I think it's easier to pick a beginning or a resolution than it is to pick a middle of the road issue. Yeah. Uh, but so, this was a really uh, great comic. Speaking of in the middle of a story, uh, mm-hmm. I, I was actually really curious, Connor, uh, what you thought of Action Comics. Uh, uh, <laughs> that was not a segue. I'm really curious. Like, we didn't work that out. I'm, I'm really curious to find out what he thought. Action Comics 845, which is the second issue of the Richard Donner um, run, 
<laughs> I have a very hard and fast rule about Superman comics, and that rule is when Bizarro shows up, I drop the book. <laughs> Second issue. <laughs> now, I have a problem because I really want to read this this Richard Donner run, but I'm in conflict with my hard and fast anti-Bizarro rule. Now, um, now, I hate Bizarro. hate Bizarro. Well, he was barely in it, so... I you... hate Bizarro. <laughs> he's only been he's only been done good one time, and that was in John Byrne's Man of Steel miniseries when he was a d- disfigured clone of Superman. Why do you hate Bizarro so much? He's stupid. I love the concept. It's dumb from a backwards planet where everything's everything is reversed. It's fantastic. It's, it's like not, the uh, what are the Green Lanterns? It's, it's one of the worst Silver Age ideals that still holds on. And for some reason, the writers love Bizarro because they always use him. What, shouldn't what? he be? Shouldn't he be saying bad bye instead of exactly. good bye? Exactly. Oh, <laughs> are, aren't there? Isn't there a Green Lantern like concept or like there's a planet full of people who like it starts with a Q, and everything they do is backwards. Like all their heroes are villains and all their. And oh, no, that's that's not a Green Lantern concept. That's um, that's just a uh, that's that's just a DC concept. It's oh, the, I think the, I it's a it parallel first. universe where everything is the, the superheroes are bad guys. What's that place called? Anyway. Um, but but he's uh, not from there, right? No, no, no. He's just from another planet. I I'll, I'll, if you take out the Bizarro stuff, I think you know it's good. Was this not bad for Bizarro stuff? At least. No, I hated it. I hated every okay. moment Bizarro was in it. I don't think the Bizarro stuff was that bad. I though. didn't either. I, yeah, I, I hate. Mean, well, I hate Bizarro. I don't, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. That's not. That's not an endorsement of the issue. I didn't think the issue was right. all that great. But I didn't. Well, think that was, was my it. next question. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't think it was that great? Personally, I didn't. I mean, I, I'm, but of course, I'm not as excited by Superman as other people might be. But and then, I, and then I got really disappointed at the cliffhanger at the end of the book, mm-hmm. because I mean, does Richard Donner remember that he actually made these movies already? I think he does very well. Okay, but, I mean, the, the, yeah, so. his knowledge of Superman, he's like, no, no, people love Zod, so he wants to do it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can well. I? One of the things that I think that need to be applauded for this book, and I think we sort of touched on it with the last issue, is that um, Kubert, Kubert. Adam the other, Kubert. This is the other Kubert. Uh, I think he's doing stellar work. Yeah. Well, this is his brother. I said Adam. That's oh, his okay. name on it. Um, yeah. And, and, and it, at risk of being bashed to hell, um, he's using a lot of uh, camera angles. <laughs> no, he, he's he's using a lot of he's using a lot of interesting angles on things that you don't see a lot. His the pages have a lot of uh, dynamic energy that no, they definitely it's very the, different. The page dynamic where art. the bus is thrown at Superman and it hits him and he's, his face is in the ground. Yeah, and yeah. and just the next page where it's sort of the panels are broken up. It's all one page thing. The bus is up in the upper right hand corner. It's got a big ass dent in it where Superman went through it. That's just a great page. Yeah, no, the, the, I I I agree. I mean, I think this is definitely a a um, what's the word? It's, it's action. A, it's a new chapter in his career, I yeah. think, in terms of in terms of look. It's really, really, really good. My only, my only, my only nitpick, similar to Connor's nose as an X Factor, is what the hell is that on Lois's head? That's she her looks, bad hairstyle, which for some reason. No, 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 the hat. Oh, the hat. It's a beret. She looks, she looks like she looks like the big guy in Street Fighter Two, the big Russian guy in the with the with the hat and the cape. Either that or a chauffeur. She looks like a chauffeur. It's like this big bad beret. Maybe quasi-Russian fashions in in Metropolis. Maybe <laughs> quasi-Russian. <laughs> I think once I I will continue the next issue because Bizarro will not be in it again. But um, uh, for me, this issue solely was was a downer simply because Bizarro was in it. No. But otherwise, I like the whole the whole direction it's going. Now, when you were talking about about Zod and him having done it before, does that does that really make you feel any worse about what's coming up? For for me, I mean, no. I mean, like, I, I mean, I'll keep going. I mean, I don't know if Connor shares my same, you know. No, dislike. I don't mind Zod. I mean, Zod is yeah. a big part. I've of never the actually story. seen him in the comics. I've never read Superman comics with him in it. So, 
I don't know. I just kind of, I just like when I saw that page, I just kind of rolled my eyes. I said, "Oh, of course not." You know now, are I mean? all like, those characters from? Well, like, the thing is, like, who's who can actually fight Superman? Three Kryptonians. Like, then you're even. You've got nothing. He's got no superpowers anymore. But he's got to protect everybody. I mean, it's like, uh, uh, let me. Are the other two characters? Um, uh, what's his name? Non and her, the girl Ursa. <laughs> 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 well, like anyone knows their name, the woman non and the grunty guy. Yeah, uh, are they were they from comics before the movies or? I don't or, believe or, so. No. no. So they were invented for the movie. Yeah, I, I believe they oh, were. Oh, interesting, interesting. Now I'm wondering if Zod was Zod too. No, I don't know. I haven't read comics <laughs> in the seventies. I was I not. I was. I was very young. I'm just checking. I have no idea. My knowledge. My knowledge of Superman uh, history is not as in depth as it is with other. I'm just curious. Uh, I'm sure uh, we'll get letters. I'm still appreciating this solely for the fact of like when you call a comic book action comics. It's, this is action. You, it's what you're getting, and a lot of people are, are you know say there's a lot of too much talking in comics these days, and it is not the case with this book. Um, Zod Zod was from the Silver Age. He first appeared in Adventure Comics number 283 in April 1961. Yeah, I, nice. I forget Zod. I know Zod. Was so, I don't think it's henchmen were though. Yeah. Cool. People like Zod. Zod Zod's a major part of Smallville right now. You know. It's just the way it goes. All right, what's up next? Well, one one book that that I got that on a I took a risk on that uh, was had some talk about on ifanboy.com earlier in the week that um, some others wouldn't take a risk on was the Red Menace number one, um, which was Wildstorm uh, uh, published by Wildstorm Signature Series, and it's uh, one of the reasons why it came up was it was it's co-written by uh, uh, Danny Bilson, uh, some DeMeo do Paul DeMeo, and Adam Brody from who stars in the OC. Um, and that got some some ire. I think Josh, you you, you summarily dismissed it because of the OC connection. <laughs> well, I I I'm generally uh, I mean, like if somebody is working on a comic book and they're a writer, what do I have to believe that they would be any good at that? He, True, play, yeah. he plays a comic book writer on TV. Well, yeah. Well, well you he, know, us read the book. You have no no idea. Yeah, exactly. Know, but, was... Well, the thing is, I don't like you know, I don't really I've I I haven't heard anything good about the Flash. And I've heard. Well, that, and that, that was, and that was interesting. And, and that was interesting because the Flash has gotten a lot of a lot of bad press, at least from us, um, since the one year later. But it, but it was never really for me, at least. It was never really about the writing. It was always about the art. Like I thought, the writing wasn't nearly. It wasn't as good as Wade or or Jeff Johns. But I mean, who is going to be? You well, know? right. But I don't want to yeah. read something that is okay. No, no, I. I and I have that, no, but I'm, that's the reason. Right. That when you say I don't take a risk on it, I just it just didn't sound like anything I wanted to read. Right. If it had been done by somebody who I had known as a really good writer, who I thought was capable of something like, of that, uh, I don't know. I, like to me, it, it's funny because. Well, what do you what do you think sounds, of the, what do you think of the premise? The pitch sounds sort of interesting, but I find that things like that sometimes don't get done very well in comics. So my thought with this book was really, I'll see if it's any good, and if it is, I'll read it later after it's collected. But yeah, and so, so far, I mean, the issue was it it, it, it was good enough. Like I'm glad I bought it. Like I'm glad I took the risk on it. Why don't you explain um, the premise. To... The premise is basically it's the you know 1950s and. McCarthyism is running rampant in the in the country, but it's a it's a world where superheroes exist, similar to you know they, how they did in the fifties in the Silver Age. Mm-hmm. And my only that was my problem with it. It's just a rip off of the stories that DC did in the Silver Age. Did DC do the- did DC do this though? Or? Yeah, DC did the whole. The Justice Society had to fold up because the because of the House and American Committee wouldn't. Oh, they did. Really, I didn't know that's that. I didn't know that. Stopped, that's why they stopped fighting. Really, now, did they do yes. that? Like they did that in the fifties or no? I don't know exactly when those stories came out, but that's that was a, that's a historical basis of, and oh, it, it definitely goes back until the um, 
Definitely into the eighties. I mean, that's the first time I remember reading it. Reading oh, so it was kind of like a rewriting of history. No, I'm the, saying it, the first. Definitely mention. Remember the references to it. I don't know when those issues came out. Yeah, but it but wasn't like 1954, and they were doing that. Well, nobody did that in 54. Yeah, no. they would have been. Well, bad. well. Anyway, it's 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 kind of similar to that. It's also similar. It could be you know you could get a parallel to to Civil War because in the first issue they're a, a huge character, at least in this world, unmasks himself at the at the at the committee hearing. Um, and reveals his identity, you know, as part of coming forward, um, but doesn't name any names or anything like that. But um, it, w- but it was, it was really interesting. It laid, the, it laid the groundwork to kind of make you believe that heroes believe in this world and how the McCarthyism would be affected by superheroes and that sort of thing. And then the kind of muckraking and finding like any little thing to, you know, embarrass and and you know blacklist somebody. But then, um, but one of the one of the outstanding bits of this was the the pencils by Jerry Ordway. Well, that's that was one of the reasons why I was going to pick it up was Jerry yeah. Ordway. Just fantastic! Like, um, like you, I forgot how good Jerry Ordway was. Um, so I mean, all in all, I mean, it wasn't an A plus. It wasn't you know completely a home run, but it was definitely it was definitely worth reading the six issues. I mean, I'm I'm in for all six issues. So, and I don't know how I don't know how much Bilson or DeMeo versus and Brody wrote. I don't know what the breakdown of it was or whatnot. And you know, and honestly, I don't really care. I mean, it's an interesting story. They've got a flashlight character. They've got. I mean, the thing is, is that they're 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 playing into all of the kind of you know superhero kind of archetypes. Um, and so you know, so that that could be depending on your point of view, that could be either a negative or a positive um, because it's familiar, but it's also not terribly original. But um, but it's only the first issue, you know what I mean? Like, let's see what happens, you know, second or third issue. That's what I think. And, and Bilson did kind of the, the interview podcast circuit. Yeah. They had a couple of chances to convince me to buy it. And I don't know, for some reason, it just didn't, didn't sound like it was going to be that dynamic. But Yeah, no, but it was it was good. It was good. And, or, I mean, and if anything, Ordway is one of the masters. So, I mean, he's definitely one of those, you know, those, I don't want to say old-timers, but those veterans that <laughs> I think should, you know, similar to Neil Adams. You know, I think, Sonny, I'll draw you a cape <laughs> like you never seen. So, I mean, so, so some of the younger readers who who might not have ever, you know, read Ordway, like on, on Superman and stuff like that, like this is a chance to see. I will wait, probably wait till you talk about it more to see if I pick up the trade or not. But I just looked it up to Justice League, and it was a story written in the late 70s by Paul Levitz, which, which was oh, the Justice League going before the House on American Activities Committee. And uh, having would, to having to disband because they wouldn't reveal their identities. Would podcasting have been possible before Wikipedia? <laughs> Probably. <That's the> <laughs> it just wouldn't have been nearly as interesting. So. It wouldn't have been at all informative. <laughs> so, um, so another number one issue that came out this week that I picked up actually that I took a risk on was uh, Punisher War Journal number one. Um, I don't think either of you guys bought this, did you? Hell no. No. Um, and I get and I gotta give I gotta give it an eh because this is. This is supposed to be, whereas, you know, what Garth Ennis is doing with the Punisher, you know, which is the kind of more realistic going after terrorists, going after IRA, going after that sort of thing, this is more the Punisher back into the superhero community. You know, like, that's the point of this book. Uh, Matt Fraction wrote it, and um, and Olivetti, uh, I forget his first name, uh, did, the, did the art, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the art, I'm not a big fan of the... I, I didn't like the art I saw on online. Yeah, no, I'm not. I don't like the kind of painted kind of ugh, like. I'm just not a big fan of it. There were moments of it. There were interesting moments, like um, uh, the um, he meets up with the uh, the guy the 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 tinker. Not, I don't know if it's actually tinker, the tinker. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no. I don't know if it's actually the tinker or somebody else. I think he kills the tinker. Oh. Um, this guy Stuart Clark, and he's got this whole army of little Iron Man guys. Oh yeah, it's not the tinker. It's this guy who used to work for Iron Man. Um. A lot but of those got, lately. Yeah, no, exactly. They're really <laughs> playing up that idea. But um, 
but they um, he's got all these little mini Iron Man robots which are kind of funny. But um, it was I mean it was all right. I mean like Stiltman was in it, and then it ends with Punisher um, helping out Spider Man and taking him to Captain America's safe house. You know, um, so it's a tie into Civil War there. My my real qualms, my real problems with it were. They shield hires GW Bridge to um, to chase the Punisher down. I don't know if you remember him, but hey, um, I never made the, made the name sounds familiar. Yeah, he was in ca- he was he was a big character in Cable's world in the early '90s. He was a shield guy, and he had like a he's a big black guy, and he had like a white goatee, white hair. Right. Yeah, I do remember him. I just felt as if the character was was reminiscent. Like I knew the character name and everything, but I felt as if the characterization was not didn't pay, and this is continuity, but didn't pay any credence to the previous incarnations of this character. Like, he was more, um, I don't want to say grim and gritty, but he was more, I don't know, negative and dour, and maybe, you know, that's happened over the years that we haven't seen him or whatnot, but he didn't really seem um, like the, the, the bridge that I remember. But don't you think it's okay that sometimes that a character that didn't prove to be very popular and hasn't been around for a while, if they bring him back, they would adjust him and update yeah. him? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know, but without a, without a real explanation. Or I think if anybody any... GW Bridge can do that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's I'll not s- like there's there's a check it out. See if there's a GWH fan fan community. It probably isn't, which means <laughs> he probably needed an overhaul. Yeah, probably. I don't know. It just, I didn't I mean, buy. It, go ahead. It, it, and then it just didn't. It just didn't. It didn't jive with me. That's all. And then my last thing was the was was the. And this is nothing against Matt Fraction as a writer, but this didn't feel like the Punisher. Well, it is like, against Matt Fraction as a writer. Then. Yeah, and no, it did. It, well, no, I mean, I mean he, he's allowed to take his own take on it. But you they know. had the well, yeah, they had the narrative and they had the the narration, you know, with him kind of thinking to himself and stuff like that. But like at one point, he, like at one point, he's talking to the Stuart Stuart Clark guy, and I'm trying to find the page where he says it. And yeah, he's the guy's talking to him about some conspiracy. And Frank Castle says, "Great, Mulder. As soon as you get Scull- as soon as you and Scully get this particular uh, X file wrapped up, you give me a he's, call." He's not doing that. Exactly. Terrible. Exactly. Okay, the, the Punisher's not making pop culture references. The Punisher's no. not sitting I, home. Punisher's yeah. not watching TV. Yeah, exactly. No, That's he's awful. not. He's too busy cleaning his guns. Yeah, exactly. I didn't yeah. buy it for a couple of reasons. One, besides the fact that I bought the original Ennis Dillon series, I don't really like the Punisher's main character. No. Yeah, I think I he's agree. a better as somebody who shows up and causes havoc in the league. He, he's really good to show up in a book when you don't. He's doing a lot lately. But to show up in a book where everything is going to shit and then all of a sudden it's like, oh crap, he's here. And now the Punisher's here. I, I, I didn't buy any of the books in you know the early 90s. I didn't buy any of those. Did you, you didn't buy Chuck Dixon's War Journal? No, I didn't buy any of those. I don't like the Punisher as a main character. Huh. Um, I, I don't really. What I've read of Matt Fraction's writing, I do not really like. I feel like it's just a lot of posturing and. and Look how cool yeah. everything is, and not a lot of not a lot of substance. So I don't like that. And, yeah, there was um, a lot of style in this, not a lot of substance. And I I, I saw they they showed the preview art online before it came out, and I did not like the art. So basically, it was like one, two, three. I don't have any reason to buy this book. Yeah. So that's that's why. However, the the folks on the site seem to be digging it. Yeah, which is to each their own. But I mean, I'm not going to buy it after this issue. I think. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. So. I just I don't I'm not interested in Punisher books for some reason. I like I mean, the character, just not as a focus. I mean, I like the movie. I like you know, I like him as a concept. I don't like. Uh... Well, there's, there's not really a lot to say about him, really. Yeah. It isn't being said with other characters. Like it's really, I think it's really hard to write him than not end up with Logan in somehow or like. You get like a just, Logan or a Batman. Kind yeah, of or a gritty Batman. It's like yeah, I get it. Batman with guns. Yeah. I mean, I, that's simplifying it, but. No, it's not. <laughs> the, the thing is, the the best. I think the thing that makes the Punisher effective and thing that makes him scary. Is that when you show up, he is he's a relentless, and he's b you're not going to convince him one way or another. Like so, that was the thing that they always had to get around if he showed up. 
Yeah. Like he's not going to compromise and he's not going to stop. So you have to deal with those things. And like if that's your character, and how much do you, is there really to say about him? Well, that's one of the things. I mean, even I stopped buying the Garth Ennis book because after a while I was like, okay. Yeah, uh, it got very redundant. They got this, very, this is yeah. happening. You know, this is you've kind of said all you can say with this. I mean, I thought yeah. the first twelve or so issues of that series were great, but, mm-hmm. but it was more because it more because it was like a long twelve issue story, and then it was over. But it was yeah. also fun and over the top. And yeah, sort of but, then, but even after that, it became repetitive, and I was just mm-hmm. I got bored with it. So I don't yeah. know what else are saved for the Punisher every month. Well, since yeah. we're talking about uh, being Ennis. bored, repetitive Ennis book. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm I'm going to come back on, and I know that you guys are both out. Um, and I I keep picking up the boys. Issue number five came out this week, um, and I keep buying it because I figure there's a story in here. And and you know what? It's I think the story started. We actually got an email from a guy, uh, Raphael, who said. Um, that that he thought this was issue was a lot better and he'd agreed with us on the previous ones and I, and I got to say I agree with him I thought this was a much better issue there wasn't as much there was the, it was about the story the story was moving forward and we were getting into the characters um, and sort of the shock of everything of trying to what I assume was the hook for the first four issues you know to to drag you in and make people who could pay less attention more excited uh, now the story's gotten started and and I think that the character of Hughie the one who looks like or Huey I don't know how uh, is actually pretty interesting, and uh, basically the beginning of this story, he meets with one of the. I don't know how far you guys read, but there's a girl. Issue who, one. There's a girl who ends up on the on the major superhero team there who gets uh, abused, uh, and he meets with her in the park, and they're just talking. They don't know who each other are, and it, it's kind of interesting that way. And there's going to be a big fight next issue. I just have zero interest in this book, which I can, I can totally understand. But yeah, uh, no, I'm, I'm not. That's not a slight against anybody who likes it. I just can't work up the enthusiasm for it. It's better though. It's it's getting better, and I I really do have some hope. Like, I, like most books by now, I probably wouldn't still be buying, but I I really want it to be good because I'm a really big Derek Robertson fan. And I'm a really big Garth Ennis fan, at least of some of his work. So. I mean, to me, it wasn't anything to do with the with the with the porno aspect because that didn't really kick in until after issue one. Right. Besides that one page. And even that didn't bother me. It was more of the idea that I that whatever he's trying to say about superheroes, I, he's said it before millions of times, and I just don't care anymore. I mean, I know I get the point. I understand his feelings on it. And well, right, but now I've that he's read that. now that he said that, it feels to be more like he's telling this story about living in a world where the superheroes are not the good guys, and it isn't so much making fun of them anymore. It's just saying that they're the bad guys that everybody in the world thinks are the good guys. And who the people are who have to take care of them, but it, I don't know. It, it's interesting enough at this point that I am still reading it. Ronald, what? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that says it all. I'm done. Yeah, with pretty it. much. <laughs> I got I got enough aggravation in my life. I don't need this. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, well, it's at the end of a book. I don't want to. No, but, but I think that's a good. That's a good reasoning. At the end of a. At the end of a book, I don't want to be just not disgusted, but just aggravated. You know what I mean? And like the last issue aggravated me, so I'm done. No, yeah. I, and I understand yeah. that. Um, yeah. So. Unless unless it's an X Men book, and then. You know, no, but the, but the X Men, even at their worst, never aggravate me. That's not true. That's not. You've no. read issues of it when they've been bad. When Chuck Austin was writing, you're telling me it didn't aggravate you. Well, I was more aggravated at Chuck Austin and not so much at the X Men. I don't want to play. You know, let, let, let's be let's be really honest who the victims were in that situation. It wasn't the characters; it was it was, <laughs> it was the readers. Yeah. Anyway, um, the, did you guys I, read? Did you guys read Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah, that was the last book we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, let down. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I was really disappointed by the young Peter talking to the old Peter flashback. That was terrible. Scene. I was just like, really? my God. Yeah. I, 
I couldn't. I couldn't believe. I'm like, I can't believe he's using this device. This is just a bitch fest this week out of you. <laughs> I told you, everything let me down in some way or another, and this book definitely let me down. Is this because you had to read like 15 books in the span of like 20 minutes and then write a write a pick of the week? Oh no, I took my time. To oh, he had to read them all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, exactly. Um, Actually, it was but, more of the, because of the Star Wars advertisement in the back with the Transformers. That which is just which is almost as bothersome as the Blue Man Group ad, or as the um, what is the other ad that freaked me out? The Rocky action figures ad, which I totally want an Adrian action figure. By the way, <laughs> like why are they making an action figure of Adrian? It doesn't look anything like Han Solo. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> Millennium well, Falcon turns into Han Solo and, and Chewbacca. Pieces. <laughs> Oh, by the way, just I know we don't normally talk about video games, but this Thanksgiving holiday I've been playing the Lego Star Wars original trilogy game. Awesome. Fan- fantastic. It's yeah, awesome. You guys need to get it. It's so I, much fun. I played the other one. Is that awesome. on Xbox? Uh, no, on PS2, actually. Uh, you can get it on so. Xbox. You can get it on Xbox, yeah. So. But anyway, uh, but the only good thing about the only good thing I thought about Amazing Spider-Man number 536 was the last four, four pages when he went on when he went to the TV station and went on TV. I thought because that reminded me of like old school Spider-Man. I don't know why. It's just reminds me of something that would have happened in the seventies or eighties. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's that sort true. of device. You know, like I thought everything else was, and I thought the scene, with, the scenes with Mary Jane and May and Peter talking about what's. I hate just, those oh. scenes. I even hated those in the other issues where they all exactly talk and yeah, I know they're just so bad. And do do we really need the page where where Mary Jane saying that? Well, there are ways to make it so nobody pays attention to your face and basically takes her top off. I was like, May's still in the room. That's creepy. Anyway, but um. All right, just me. I'm okay. just going to go on the other side of this, you. and I didn't hate this that much. I thought that one of the things that this was really good for is this issue. It it, it did what the these books are supposed to do, and they you saw the turning point happen in Civil War, and here you're seeing the 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 more the description and payoff of it, I guess. Yeah. And so you see, and how, it's also the t- the tide turning. I mean, yeah, this well, is, this, right, yeah. and it answers that question of well, wait a minute, if he's in the Iron Spider suit, how can he beat him? And it's like, okay, he beat him. Because it, and once they did that nod to Peter Parker being a technical, you know, an yeah. adept person, which I thought was really good. Um, I I don't know if that would actually work in real life, but still. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, the only other thing that kind of got me was it was it was hard to tell when this was taking place. Yeah. When it started, who knows? Off, There's like, no way of knowing. This, yeah, this like, takes place on page six, in page four or five of the last Civil War, and then they had those footnotes. This takes if you should read this five takes place and six. in between. So then Civil War five and six, six isn't even out yet. Right. It's so like, we've oh. zipped past Civil War six, so we know nothing significant happens to Spider-Man in Civil War six. Yeah. Because oh, except he heals. So like the last time we saw him, and I know that we all know that Spider-Man's not going to die. This is a catastrophe. This crossover is becoming a catastrophe. It, yeah. it got to, it got to be too big. They 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 got too big with it. I think that I'm the great thing when it started out was that it was small and focused, and now it's yep. just all yeah, over the place. It's too huge, and the fact that it's it's still going, it should it should be over by now. But Sad. I thought I thought you're right. The ending was really good. Um, I thought the, the Spider-Man, Iron Man stuff was good. I think it was everything in the middle that I didn't didn't like. It was the Spider. <laughs> it was the Peter, Mary Jane, Aunt May discussion again. Which, which they is, already which, had. They've had the same discussion four times. And and like it's like he's depressed, and so they remind him. Yeah. You don't have to be depressed. And he's like, oh yeah, I'll go on TV. And then the <laughs> stupid flashback where he talks to old Peter who's wearing some sort of and, uh, space goggles as he plays. He had yeah, glasses. That's awful. He had and glasses. He had to wear safety specs. Rec if, specs. If they, May, they didn't look like that. They did. Some people. In the 60s, they did. Yeah. In, if May gives Peter his costume one more time... Like so that, to me, is the repetitive nature of it. Yeah, exactly. It's within the same storyline. Yeah. It's within the same storyline. It's just... Ugh. 
awful. This reminds me of why I keep dropping JMS books. Did you Did you enjoy how the man kept propositioning them as hookers? I did enjoy that. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> over and over and over. Well, because she's really attractive on that. I'd pay two hundred for MJ. <laughs> oh, that's ugly. Oh, God. That's ugly. <laughs> how are they going to... Like, I know we haven't talked about... How are they going to put Spider-Man back? Everyone knows who he is. I don't know. He's going to yeah, have to a, start wearing, like, a wig and a mustache. That's a good question. Hey, I'm not a Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a good question, and I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, of course, I'll keep reading to see how they're going to do that. But I don't know if it's, it's going to frustrate me as much as the I'm boys. off Amazing Spider-Man as soon as Civil War ends. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm I also off. I'm off uh, Wolverine next month too. By the way. That I know we weren't going to really talk about it, but that issue was a mess. Yeah, it was a little. This new issue. Yeah. I didn't mind it. Once mess. again, you two hate everything. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hate it. I thought it was a little. I thought it was a little kludgy, but I didn't. Look, I, I still like. I still think. I still think they should. They should just let Guggenheim take a run on it. But of course, we know that's he's not probably coming back after. Whatever. After Rucka is done, Guggenheim. Yeah, back because on the Mark Wade and Ron Garney on Captain America was so great after they took him off and then put him back on. It was not as good, but it was still good. Are yeah, you, Connor, are you going to buy the next ones? No. I know, Ron. You probably are. Yeah, I will, but I don't know how long we'll last because I'm looking at the art and I hate it. So I don't know. Whatever. Right. <laughs> oh, not Rucka. It's Jeff Loeb. I'm sorry. Yeah, Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb. If it was Rucka, Rucka, I would. If yeah. I would, it's not. I'm not buying the other one. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Has, has that ever been approached before? What it's like for his healing factor when he's nearly dead? They, they've do, they've done there have been issues of of Wolverine actually solo when he's been on this border of dead and alive and Gene comes to talk to him like I mean that's happened before like okay. Larry Larry Hammond did that back in the day I mean like right. it was you know just that this time now they're updating it with a lot of the origin stuff and you know more you know that sort of stuff but like that's why when I was reading it I was like all right this is this has kind of been done already okay know? see I didn't know that let me ask yeah. you one other question I know we weren't going to talk about this but I've got you and I want to know sure uh, who's the guy who is waiting there for him to fight him every time. I have no idea. I've never heard seen him before in my life. Really? Yeah. That's something they that's something they knew that they that knew that they've been uh, introduced, I think. Huh. Were you so. reading Wolverine before this? I've been reading Wolverine since it started. Oh. Well. So, yeah, no, I, I that was the same thing. I looked at it. I was like, "Huh?" It's like, "Okay, who? good. Wow. So it's Who's not me." Guy? Yeah, so no, that's, that's why I was a little all over the place because Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then and then him sleeping with the with the Atlantean was kind of weird. What do you mean? Yeah. He would do that. <laughs> I know, I was kind of like, you go get that stuff. <laughs> he would totally be on that. Yeah. <laughs> lazy air. I, yeah, I've never, I've never heard of lazy air. It's and a post-fight come down where you, you're all the, full the, of endorphins. and you The wanna... story did kind of end last issue. Yeah. It did. So this was, like, the, yeah, it was it wasn't really necessary. And I kind of I didn't like the ending when he's just, when he's like, but that's one secret I'm not quite ready to give up yet. That's another like, thing. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> well, it's because Wolverine has no secrets anymore. We know yeah. who he is. We know what he's, we know yeah. everything now. Well, then you can't talk about him and say, well, we're not going to tell you. Yeah. Well, I think they're trying to reestablish some mystery well, about They blew him it already. They, they blew it. They opened the door too much and shined the flashlight around way too much. Yeah, agreed. And I think, agreed. The, I think Casada has lamented that, like, we told everything about Wolverine, which may not have been the best idea. Yeah. Anyway. Silly. Yes. You might as well show us what Snake Eyes looks like. Oh. Oh. They did that. <laughs> Stupid comics. Did they do that in the old ones or the new ones? Uh, the, the very end of Larry Hanna's run. Oh, well, that's okay. God, those were good comics. Anyway. <laughs> if you wanted to buy them, 
Yes. Huh? If you want to go back and buy those old G.I. Joe comics from Marvel, which 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 were awesome. Kick ass. Uh, you could go to comicworld.com, which is your best solution for discounted comics and trades. Uh, they got all the new Marvel, DC, Image, and, and other stuff. Uh, 40% off if you want to order them uh, by subscription or have your new book sent to you that way. They've also got a good selection of trades and hardcovers. Everything's 30 to 50% off, and they got new stuff coming in all the time. So you should go to comichole.com. It's uh, C-O-M-I-C-H-O-L-E, like a big hole full of comics. Um, and uh, let them know that iFanboy sent you because that would help us. That- that's nice. So um, so for those of you who listened last week to last week's podcast, you heard us talking about our contest that we launched, and you also probably heard the little bit of an audio glitch in last week's show. <laughs> we, we don't know what that was. We, it's, it, I spent the whole week trying to figure out what the hell happened, but uh, whatever, you know, things happen. But so because of that, we wanted to re- uh, reiterate what the contest was and announce that we were going to extend it. So... Um, yeah, basically, you tuning in today, you wanted to hear who won, but yes. instead, you're going to hear we're moving it up a week. So, so, and also in moving it up a week, we're going to give away a second uh, Marvel Seen It game as a prize. So, not only will there be one winner, but there'll be two winners. So, the two best desktop wallpapers that have been submitted by Friday, December first, by five p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, will be the will um, will be the winners, and they'll be announced in next week's podcast. Yes. Uh, um, so, assuming there's no weird audio glitch in the middle of this one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so that means that that means if you haven't, if you didn't have time because of the holiday or whatever, and you haven't entered, um, haven't submitted a desktop wallpaper of your take on iFanboy, there's still time to. If you've already submitted one and you want to submit another, there's no limit on how many you can submit. Uh, we've had a couple of uh, people submit multiple entries. So um, what you want to do is you want to um, send in a JPEG size 1024 by 768. Um, to contact at ifanboy.com, and the subject line should be contest. Um, has to and, be contest. Yes, has to be contest. It should, should be. I mean, it has to be contest. And <laughs> if you want, if you want on our, on the website, we've got a discussion about the contest. If you need the the um, font, the font. Yeah. for ifanboy, we have a link to it on the uh, the discussion. So go to ifanboy.com and look for the discussion on the contest. You see the link for the font, and you can put that in the. Uh, and not to give anything away, but the entries thus far have been awesome. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna say who's in the lead or anything like that, but it's it's gonna be a very hard decision for us next week. So yeah, but you know, get creative, do some fun stuff, make fun of us. People don't seem to have trouble with that. Um, <laughs> you know, you do whatever you want. Uh, but so, you know, it's funny because some of them people are really like clearly listening to the show a lot, which is neat. Which yeah, which is very cool. Very, very cool. <laughs> so, so just to reiterate one more time, iFanboy Desktop Wallpaper Contest, send in your entry, JPEG 1024 by 768 to contact at ifanboy.com by December 1st at 5pm. The prizes, of course, are uh, copies of Marvel's Seen It game, GBD yep. game, uh, and board game. we still got to play that, guys. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Uh, but they've been uh, given to us over by, by the people at Screen Life who make the game, and so we want to thank them yep. uh, for that. And awesome. thank everybody who's already sent in. And, and yeah, entry. totally. Yeah. We have a lot of fun when they come in. Yeah, I mean they're great. I mean they're awesome. So it's kind of it's kind of weird, but it's really cool in the same way. So because I don't I don't really know if I'd put iFanboy wallpaper on my desktop, but now I'm I already have to... it on my wall. Yeah, I know. I mean, like I never really thought of that. And this is this is can rad, I? By so. the way, my personal winner is Connor. <laughs> oh right, from the three that oh, we yeah. posted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. iFanboy.com. Each one of us made our own desktop wallpaper to sort of uh, prime the pump. Yeah, we posted it in a discussion. So. Connor's idiot savant Photoshop work uh, is stunning, to say the least. So go to iFanboy.com and, and the discussion for the contest. You can see each one of our uh, entries. 
Yeah, maybe I'll win the contest. Connor's was the best. That was awesome. You already so. have a copy of the game. That's true. Don't <laughs> take it from them. Uh, you right, have so, so much. So another great week for uh, emails from our listeners. So let's dive right in. Um, our first one comes from Ryan. Um, who writes to tell us that him and his friends are pumped to be back into comics, but they're also big fans of the Mafia. And, he's, <laughs> and he, he was wondering if there are any books out there that might focus on La Familia and the Mafia. Don't mob. talk about it. Maybe you can help us out. Josh okay. has it correct. There are no books about the mob because you're not supposed to talk about There's it. There's no such thing as the mob. I, don't I know thought there was no about. Mafia. Exactly. Duh. So, um. <laughs> any Mafia books we can think of? I guess the Kingpin doesn't count. I mean, I honestly don't know of any mafia books. Because one, I wouldn't, I don't really want to read about the mafia in comics. You know they, what I mean? Like, I would kind of like roll my eyes at it. I think. I don't know. Clearly, that's because the mafia doesn't exist. Uh, well, it does, the, and, and the mafia doesn't exist. So I don't even know why we're talking about it. There's the one book uh, they made the movie of. Tom what Hanks. Road to Perdition? Yes, thank you. Yeah, but that I don't know, features that's not really the mafia. The that's just well, it's Al Capone. He's a hitman. It, it was just. I That's know, but Chica- Chicago's so lame. Chicago wasn't the mafia. Chicago was just organized crime. Oh, God, you're going to find a dead horse on your <laughs> Well, no, tomorrow. it's true. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> All right, his second question says um, that he finds himself wishing there was another podcast during the week. He's checked out other podcasts and just can't get interested. He thinks that we should have a midweek podcast that gives us a preview of what's coming out the following week which um, and what books we're most excited about. Just a recommendation. Hi. That's what Augie does. He'd be yeah, I was just going to say, we, we, number one, I don't think we have the time to do a second podcast. And number two, Augie DeBleek of the Pipeline Podcast at thepipelinepodcast.com. That's exactly what he does, Ryan. Tuesday nights. And it's it's what I listen to Tuesday and Wednesday mornings on my drive to work. So I recommend it to you guys as well. I mean, and, he, and the great thing about Augie is that he provides fantastic commentary and points of view that you probably haven't thought of. And so it can be very amusing at times. So that's why I like it. <laughs> so Pat says, hey guys, I love the podcast. Heard you talk about DC and Marvel fanboys this week, and I think the DC equivalent to Marvel Zombies, which we opined about last week, would be a DC drone. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, well, let's just say it here, and if it catches on in six months, you can take credit. Yeah, exactly. That's a good idea. DC I drone. Still, I still think DC likes the DC Nation, though. Yeah. yeah, I don't like it though. Yeah, and I still I listened to the podcast again, and you had the deal dead on, Josh. I got really? you credit. Yeah, it was I great. Was so anyway. <laughs> thank you. All right, our next email comes from Bradley from Marquette, who um, and Marquette is in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, which, if you're not familiar with geography, is way up there. It's known as Canada. <laughs> and, and and surprisingly, Marquette sucks for comic books. But listening to us is as close as he gets to having a conversation in the comic book store, um, except for the one guy that comes into the used video game store where he works. Um, ultimategamezone.com, but he likes to call him Creepy John. Uh, he's almost gotten him to talk, <laughs> and it just took Marvel to do it. Anyway, moving on. He wanted to thank us because he followed our plug to Geek Armor, and just um, any place where they can get geek t-shirts for their store is good. So if you haven't checked out geekarmor.com, check it out as well, one of our sponsors. Um, but now for a serious topic. Um, Connor seems to him to be just like <laughs> another one of the regulars that comes into their store, except for video game, ex- except for video games instead of comics. And uh, Bradley likes to call this guy Purple Shirt. Instead of DC, he loves Quake, the first one and only the first one. And he's just saying that if you're gonna, be, if you're gonna have to be less bald, or you're just gonna end up reading your comic books with Koreans and Polish people, you know, I'm not sure if that actually made any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, Bradley. At I all like that I, there's a guy named Purple Shirt, and he only likes the first Quake, and he thinks he's like Connor. 
Exactly. I think that made me laugh and laugh. But, I don't even know what that means. But Bradley wanted to clarify that he's not just picking on Connor, so he's going to pick on the rest of us. <laughs> uh, that there's a guy who comes into his store that has my mutton, that has Ron's mutton chops. He likes to call him Matt and Chops. <laughs> but they don't talk about him though. He plays Dragon Ball Z games. <laughs> but he does. He does have to include one fight question. So he wants to make fun of Josh. I know. I get well, made fun of enough. <laughs> um, he wants to know who would win in a three-man fight. Me, Ron, if I had the power of Aquaman. Okay, Connor, if he was given the power of Ma- Mati from Captain Planet, or Josh, just given a pair of foam Hulk hands. <laughs> I would likely lose. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, and I don't remember is, what, what Mati's Mati? I don't remember Mati's powers from Captain Planet were. So I I'm gonna I guess I'm trying I to win. watch Captain Planet because I was like, ooh, they look like superheroes. Oh, this is terrible. Oh God, no. So bad, so bad. So Bradley, you need to get to somewhere where there are more people. I think because you've clearly got a good imagination. <laughs> exactly. No one to share it with. So Ron, right. I guess you win that fight, huh? I win. Power of Aquaman. Who knows why? Quiet for sure. Okay, so um, our next email comes from Steve. Um, While on the way to a comic convention this past weekend, a friend of him had a discussion about the various comic ages, the Golden Age, the Silver Age, the Bronze Age, the Modern Age, and they agreed that um, it seems to be the time for a new dawn of a comic age. Um, Infinite Crisis and Civil War seem to provide an adequate coda for this era. The question is, what do we call this one that is ending? You can't call it modern, since that is whatever age we happen to be in in the present. They vote for platinum. What would we call it? I would disagree that people are going to be talking about an infinite crisis anytime after this year. <laughs> uh, but but the thing is, is that but people still talk about crisis on infinite earths as a real. I mean, like it looks as if it looks as if the nineteen eighty six eighty seven time frame with crisis on infinite earth and Watchmen and Dark Knight that I mean, era right yeah. through the point when comics took a shit after Image started. Right. Uh, that would be your I guess modern. I mean that would be your but, modern age. I mean that would be your you know, the well the modern age is now. That's yeah, 20 years is, ago. Yeah. Bron- is- uh, according, according to uh, online resources, the uh, certain online resources, Bronze Age would be the name for the 70s and 80s in comics. Right, but it ends in 86. Right, so after that, what's the, what's, what is the... Uh, so 86 to 2006 is, I mean, like, it's, it's tough. I mean, because, because in the middle there, you had the 90s speculation age, you know what I mean, which was different, you know, like... That's the dark ages. Yeah. <laughs> You can't really you can't really comment on history while you're living it. History exactly, has to, you be, history yeah. has to be defined in the future. And I but and we, I think it's for far better people than us to define too. Well, right, but we we did comment on the fact that like they seem to go in waves. And right now, I think we're riding. You know, in, in 2000, there was a very high up wave where like Bendis was coming out and people were getting to know Ellis. And then there was a bit of a lull where it got boring for a little while. And now we're up at the top of the crest again. But I don't think it's an age. I don't think it's right. an epoch. But it's good to be in comics right now, and that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. If, if anything, we can call it the CGC age. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> the podcasting age. Steve says happy Thanksgiving. And yeah, he also he said something else. He doesn't read fables, but Josh's review in the 25-cent fable special issues made him pick up the first graphic novel of the series. So. That's right. He didn't think he liked it or not. And that's about it, I guess. <laughs> We've got good news. We do. Okay. They fixed the frapper map. We can now tell you Woo! how many pins there are. Woo! Thank God. I was really worried for a while there. So 529. Wow. Which is an increase of an unknown amount since the last time. Since we and that's less than month. less than last week when I announced that there were 20,000. You were slightly off. So that's a little disappointing. Uh, math was never your subject. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I, that's, that's a problem because I sold some sponsorship based on those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I meant 20,529. 20, uh, much better, much better. Uh, some new people are Mimi from Canada, France from Argentina, which is a one of our 
first South America pins. E. Bailey from the United Kingdom. This is an all, U- all international week, apparently. Colleen <laughs> from New York. Rickman from Belleville, New Jersey. Michael from Port Jefferson. Joe hey, Black Jeff. From, from San Francisco. Dr. Doom from Staten Island. <laughs> he relocated? <laughs> Doom says, I need to take the bridge. <laughs> the Doom hates the Verrazano Bridge. <laughs> Doom is done with the ferry. <laughs> if you're going to move from Latveria, really, Staten Island is... is... <laughs> Some of a lateral move. Doom anyway. couldn't find anywhere in Cody Island. <laughs> Doom sounds a lot like the ninja. He does. Yeah, Chris well. from Chicago, Jeffrey from Comstock, Michigan, Comstock Park, Michigan. So those are some of the new people on the map. You can go to frapper.com, F R I P P R slash iFanboy, and put in your pin. Tell us where you're from. Say hi. There's still lots and lots of you who have not done that. Oh, Colleen put her exact address. That's. I don't know if I would have done that. (laughs) (laughs) Colleen, you might want to go in and just, you know, just just go with the city. That's fine. That's okay. (laughs) It's not like, you know, several thousand fanboys need to know where a girl lives. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and she's also a fan of Geek Drome, so there you go. Thanks for pointing it out, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, don't forget to, when you're done checking out where Colleen lives, go to, mention, I, go, go to ifanboy.com, and um, you can check out all the uh, comic book discussions that go on there. <laughs> Sorry. On a, <laughs> what? It's still funny. <laughs> and um, you can check out the Pick of the Week thread where we talked about X-Factor as well as Punisher World Journal and a bunch of other books. and yeah, let, mark The contest thread and all that stuff. Yeah, let everyone know what you bought this week and what you liked and what you didn't like. And it's just a fun place to hang out when you're supposed to be working. Or so I hear. I don't wow. do that. Yeah, what? Yes, huh? it's the guy who doesn't show up on the site in the day. He's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> actually working. <laughs> So, um, and like we mentioned, if you have any questions, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 1-888-FANBOYS. That's 326-2697. Um, we love to hear any questions, comments, or um, anything else that you might have to tell us that you feel as if we need to hear. And we joined this uh, new website, which uh, you may not have heard of. It's called MySpace. You can join <laughs> us there. Be your friend. MySpace.com slash ifanboy. Be our friend. Please. <laughs> No, don't, we don't care, actually, if you are not. We will, we will let you thank us for the ad. <laughs> you can tell how old we are because we, we think MySpace is hilarious. You're yeah, like, hilarious is a word I choose. Well, that's one. So, We're such web snobs. And um, finally, um, if you dig us, uh, be sure to vote for us at podcastalley.com or write a review there or in iTunes or on Podcast Pickle or any of the other popular podcast aggregators. Um, you know, it's the best way to spread the word about iFanboy is through letting other people know and and the kind of um, personal touches that everyone brings to their reviews are often um, very amusing. So we like to read them. So it's and they cool. make us feel really good about ourselves. Yeah. And the holidays are coming up. Oh, boy. Jesus. You know, there were people lined up last night at 11 o'clock in front of Sears for the big sale, after-holiday sales. Really? Yes, Ridiculous. I drove past them, and I giggled. Ridiculous. But I'm holidays. Not, uh, holidays are approaching, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm shopping online this year. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded like, yeah, you can do this new thing called the Internet. 
<laughs> and what you do on it is you can go there. It's not, it's just like the real store, but the prices are better and they ship it to you. Really? <laughs> it's How amazing. would you pay for it? You it's use these things called credit cards. <laughs> I did all my all my shopping on Amazon last year. Yes, and it's great. It's fantastic. But if you're going to do your shopping on online this year, um, start at ifanboy.com and click that Amazon banner and start and make that your starting point. If you go through, if you get, basically if you go through to uh, Amazon from ifanboy, no matter what it is you buy. Uh, just instead of clicking in Amazon.com, type in iFanboy.com, then click on Amazon through there. We get some credit for that sale, and that way you can help us out, but you don't have to do a damn thing you weren't going to do. Yeah, it doesn't cost you anything. And yeah, exactly. It, it actually would really, really help a lot. So yeah. that's if if you don't you know feel like you don't have the extra cash for the iFanboy.com slash donations, uh, where you could send us you know straight cash, which is always awesome. You could do that, and we would really appreciate it. Yeah. So if you go to ifanboy.com slash donations, you can uh, pay via PayPal. You don't need a PayPal account. You can use your credit card or check or checking account or anything like that. And we've got you know a couple of different denominations, or you could pay your own price. So If you want to really work on a side deal where you just send it right to me, you can email me at Connor at ifanboy.com. <laughs> we don't have to tell weird. the other guys about it. Also, you could email me. <laughs> also. I don't need your money. I <laughs> <laughs> don't like him. So, um, so anyway, so we really appreciate uh, everybody's been very generous towards us, and 2007 is gearing up to be a great year for iFanboy, yes. and we're excited to have you all on board for it. So, um, so uh, with that said, we should probably wrap this baby up. I'm so, so full of turkey. I'm Ron. <laughs> I'm Connor. I'm Josh. I literally almost said the wrong name there, and I don't know why. I almost said George for some reason. <laughs> we shouldn't do shows the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> I've learned this now. Next year we'll take this week off. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> That's the best way to go. 